With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is I Will Make You a Millionaire, another episode helping someone reach their goal of making millions. I got to tell you, riding that subway is an adventure. I'm telling you, I've never felt more unsafe. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I read the other day that someone spread feces in a, in a woman's <gasps> face who was waiting for the subway. I'm like, telling you, like, I have my eyes open. I'm like, I carry around my drumsticks with me because I'm just, like, ready to fight. I mean, you just don't know. <laughs> you don't know anymore. Oh, that would be a good list. Like, t- 25 <laughs> household items that could be used as a weapon. Wait, I Drum use sticks. a fork. I use my, f- I bring a fork in my, my pant pocket. Really? Uh, yes, because when I walk oh my, my dog God. at night, I'm honestly really scared. And I just take like random I'm not gonna bring like a knife because I don't wanna get like Yeah, you don't wanna yeah, get knife. You don't get charged. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right, drumsticks. Okay, I'm gonna make this list. This is a good list. I mean you've been making a lot of lists on on, on the website. It's now. so much fun. It's really oh, fun. Good. I'm loving it. I'm loving the evolution of it. I think it's so it's cool how it's interactive. Now there's like so many people on it leaving comments. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my, mainly me though. <laughs> <laughs> no, mainly me. I think I. How many comments? Oh, we don't track this. How we many comments? How, we've left, but I left a comment on pretty much every single post. I yeah. I did too, but I I think I started a little bit before you, James, because like you, you, I think you really started commenting maybe like a month ago. But I started commenting before the website has changed. Okay, my conspiracy theory is that you have something on it that every time someone posts, you both like it immediately. Like that's no. my that is my conspiracy theory that you have like a bot on it that likes it. That no, is a good well, idea, but we don't do me, that. For me, is I for me this become like my 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 also my my everyday thing now. Like I just have a tap open, and then I'll just refresh yeah, it too. every two seconds. Yeah, it's addicting. Like I love reading people's. I love challenging myself to then like submit it to the world and be you know super honest with people. But yeah, I think it's a great website. And also every idealist can be transformed into an article yeah so that that's the thing that you know i hope people realize also if you get a set of like 20 idealists or 15 ideas that could be turned into a book yeah. like uh you know if i do uh 10 idealists of 10 businesses i would want to build or want someone else to build that could be a book 100 businesses someone should make that's so a good idea yeah, okay. so there's there's a lot of opportunities to transform Notepad into other things, or it could yeah. be used for to do lists, 
really anybody can use it however they want, but yeah, that's what I'm trying to experiment right now. So like I'm trying to, and so right now I'm just doing how to like how to choose your keyboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are very good Jay though. Cause yeah. that, th those will rank high in SEO. And, yeah. um, my problem is, is that when I do an idea list for myself, normally I just do a simple list on a waiter's pad, but now with this kind of in public, I feel like I have to explain each idea list. So it becomes like a, a big challenge. Yeah. So I, I, I have to get comfortable with doing simple lists again on it. I know yours are all like so long, long but they're yeah. they're fun to read, but it's definitely like, oh, this is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So um, but yeah, thanks for using it. So now let's look, let's see, let's update. Let's how are you doing? I'm so I, nervous. I started reading your I started reading your notes, but tell me what's going on. I feel nervous to talk to you because I feel like I haven't succeeded at anything. I feel like the failure millionaire on this show. <laughs> no, no, that let's, let's first off, first off, that's how I feel all the time. Okay, good. So it never goes away. Like an addiction to, to looking at the worst case scenario. Well, well, tell me what you feel when you feel like a failure. What does that mean? I, I feel like I said this on the first episode, but there's something about me and maybe this isn't true, but it proves to be true where I can never get anything I do to go above a certain level. Everything I do has like a mediocre level of success. It never pops. It's never blows up. It never leaves a certain threshold. And that's how I sort of feel like all my projects are, even though I've tried a lot of different methods, everything is sort of stuck and not reaching that next level. And I wrote in my, my notes to you, maybe it's me, maybe I'm lacking skills or knowledge, or I'm not investing enough money in things, or I need help from another person, but I'm not sure what it is about me where nothing I do is ever a huge slamming success. But, but, you know, for, first off, I don't know if that's totally true. Like I think you, and I'm not going to argue out of your, your feeling, but I feel like the, just the bridesmaid for higher concept was defined by you. Yeah. And, and now people know about that concept because of you and it's creative and it's interesting. And you've gotten a lot of publicity from that and written a book because of that. So if you had told yourself when you were like 15 years old that, Hey, you're going to kind of define this whole category and write a book about it and have all these other opportunities and have thousands of subscribers because of it. That would seem like pretty amazing. Yeah. I feel like that was the only, that was like the only thing I was able to take off. And that was because it was a crazy little idea, but it's like, if you were to give me anything else to market or sell, it falls flat. And I'm trying to think like, what were the techniques I did for bridesmaid for hire? And a lot of it was that the name sold itself. So yeah. I'm wondering if like, maybe I'm doing too many things. Maybe it's something about me not knowing something, or maybe it's just like, none of my ideas are worthwhile of like that next level success. But I feel, I honestly do feel like a failure. I feel like I worked on so many things and everything is just sort of like stuck. Yeah. Believe me, I definitely know how you feel. And, and often there'll be years that go by where I feel like everything I work on, there's no wins for me. Yeah. And it feels depressing when that happens. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to get over that feeling until you have a win. But, but the, the catch 22 is you can't have a win until you get over that feeling. Yeah. Cause you know, optimism always drives that little extra twist or tweak that, you know, takes a project to the next level. Similarly, so does pessimism, not necessarily pessimism, but fear or regret makes you sit down that next day and, and try to come up with like, everyone always says, Oh, I have no regrets. 
but regrets are pretty good. Like they make you come to work the next day so that you don't repeat the mistakes from the past. They're, they're sort of, a, it's sort of a motivation. Like, oh, I regret losing all my money, but now I got to sit down and do whatever I can to make money. Yeah. So let's go over the different projects because it doesn't seem, it, I know what you mean. It feels like they're going slow, but when I look at your notes, it seems like you've done everything you set out to do. And now we just have to figure out what, what the next level is. And also if, which ones you want to put on hold or what other ideas you have and, and things like that. I, I think it's, I really do think it's been a, a long while since we've spoken. I don't think it was December, although was, maybe it was. It was November I because I'm excited to show you the newlywed card game. And I think in November yes. I hadn't even printed it. I, I just ordered, I, when I saw these notes, I just ordered the newlywed card game. Oh my and God. <laughs> it says, I ordered three of them actually, just so I could give two away as gifts. Well, uh, thank you. I'm excited to show you. It's real. It's in my hands. And I have it right here. Oh, it looks amazing. It's a real thing. So I guess last time we spoke, I had the Kickstarter. It was 200, got 200% funded. So a lot of people were interested. How, what does I, that mean, 200% funded? Like how many? Like I think my goal was maybe 500. And I think I got like over $1,000 in funding. Okay. I think I had 18 people who bought it. Um, so that gave me like enough money to hire the designer to make the cards. And then to also... Um, to also print the deck. So I found someone to print the deck in China. I ordered 125 of the games. I had it. How much did that cost? I think it cost me around like a thousand dollars. And then the other costs I've had are shipping costs. I've had marketing costs with ads and things like that. I have not broken even yet, but if I sell all 125, I think I'll only profit like a couple hundred dollars. But that's good though. It gets the gets the word out. Yeah. So I made a landing page so I can sell it on my own website. And then I put it on Amazon in January, which was like such a beast to do because even though it's on Amazon, it's not really searchable. You know, you have to invest in like ads and stuff like that. Yeah, like I'm searching on Jen Glantz cards and it's not No, it doesn't up. come up. It's like on page six if you type in newlywed card game and a lot of that is because it doesn't have any reviews yet. And a lot of that is because there haven't been many sales from Amazon. So Amazon's a tricky game to sell it. But I managed to sell 75% of the inventory just on my own through social media, podcasts, affiliates. I made a couple of people affiliates. So every time they sell it, they sell the game, they get $5 back. I okay. sent it to influencers who posted about it. I've made a ton of TikToks and Instagram reels. I've done Instagram and TikTok live. So the 75% that I've sold so far have come from mostly my network with a little bit of help from other people. I did try to pitch it to a real a retailer, an online, big online gift store, and they considered it. They looked over the deck, the card game, and they ultimately said that they didn't want to put it on their website because it's not newlywed specific. Like a lot of the questions could apply to people who are dating or who are in love. So that was their feedback and why they turned down selling it. So I have, I have one thought on that. And I was thinking of this, maybe you should try other titles just for the heck of it, like cards for couples, something like that, or the adult relationship card game or something like just make it, you know, play around, experiment with different titles that could feel a little edgier. Would I have to change the, like the whole card game? You know what I mean? Like if I already uh, have some printed still, do I have to? No, maybe you wouldn't have to change anything except the box. If you, uh, you know, uh, and you, or you could, 
you know, you could try again, like the idea of very simple Facebook ads where you advertise three or four different de types of decks and see what, like if everybody clicks on couples for or cards for couples and nobody clicks on the newlywed card game, then, you know, okay, I should shift the whole thing to this Yeah, and it'll be a much easier sell. Yeah. I do think, you know, a lot of the feedback is, well, like, I want to buy it, but I'm not married and I'm dating and my boyfriend would be so weirded out if I brought home a newlywed card game. So yeah, a lot of the questions are not about marriage. They're more general. So I do think maybe the next round I rebranded as something more couple specific. Yeah, I would do that. And I would test different titles on Facebook or, or Facebook, I think is the best place to test with ads, but you could test, you know, on any platform where. Or you could test on, uh, you know, notepad even. You can make an idea list of all the different possible sketch, you know, ten, five different possible sketches for your card games and see which one people like the most. And you could ask people, you know, to like, you know, an idea list could be like a survey because people could like each idea. So is it worth giving up on the idea that the newlywed card game isn't going to work? No, no, it's not. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just, you could just do a little experiment to see if maybe there's a better title because you're noticing now with this first iteration that there are people who are dating but they don't want to get a newlywed card game so that's good feedback like and and i've i've spoken about this a little on the podcast before for anyone listening but positive feedback is not really that interesting but negative feedback is really valuable like i could have this deck of cards and i could say oh jen it was great we had so much fun playing it but you have no idea if I'm just being nice or if I'm telling the truth or if I don't, don't really want to think about it so much. So I'm not giving you real feedback. Uh, but if I say to you, ah, you know, I, I thought about getting it, but I didn't because that because has real, that's a real because I'm not going to make up a reason why I don't like it. I'm going to make up a reason why I tell you, I like it, you know, whether or not I like it, but I'm going to, if I tell you I don't like it and give you a reason, that's valuable. That's signal and it's not noise. So, so, so when you've got negative feedback, that's actual real feedback. Do you think it's worth it? To, I have all the email addresses of everyone who bought it. Do you think I should email them and say like, here's an anonymous form to share what you really think of the game? Because I have a feeling a lot of them are going to say the same thing that it's great, but it's not really for a newlywed. Yeah. Or, or, um, say, say you're making a next version of the game. Like, you know, part two, a sequel. Mm -hmm. um, would they like one that's general for couples? Would they like one that's a little edgier, like more adult, you know, mm -hmm. content? Uh, would they like one uh, that's about, I don't know, for, for people who've been married 10 years or more? Uh, you know, just make up like a couple of categories and see what, what people say. Cool. Okay. Or, or do they just want more? Uh, a, a, what's it called? Like an additional pack mm -hmm. when you have like a card game, but you buy the next pack of cards the expansions that. yeah oh. would they, or they just want an expansion pack for the newlywed card game is that a term from gaming is that like a gaming industry term it's a well, card gaming industry it's term yeah. it's <laughs> like for, for trivia pursuit for instance yeah. you get an expansion yeah. pack when you want more trivia questions yeah the video games term is dlc what does that stand oh, I, see, for? I don't know that downloadable content but like um like cards against humanity has expansion packs and trivia pursuit had expansion packs and stuff like that so you could, so yeah, I would even just say three questions. Like, should this be for more, you know, general about couples or, uh, or should it just be an expansion pack for the newlywed game? Or would you buy a card game that has more adult content? Uh, 
And you can see from that. Do you think like I've one thing I've noticed is that the card game space is so oversaturated, which is not a reason not to do something, but it has made me thought that maybe this isn't enough. Maybe it needs another component. Maybe that component is something with an app or a book that they do or like something else. Because if you scroll through Amazon, there's tons of these types of games and maybe it's not enough. And I don't want to be in the business of creating something that's like mediocre. I want to create something that's ginormous. So do you think that maybe a card game is just never going to reach that next level unless it was like super controversial or unique or interesting? Yeah, maybe. And, and maybe then this, there's two things that this transforms into or three things. One is it's a marketing tool. So when they buy some other product of yours, Hey, you also get thrown in for free the newly award card game. The other thing is, is that other people who want to make card games, whether for marketing purposes or, or as a business, you know how to do it. You could manage that whole process. So we've talked about that a little before, but that's something you could offer now as a service is, Hey, I could make a card game for you. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is, is like you say, like an app. Like maybe you could turn this into an app and at the end of it, and when they go through all the cards, uh, they get kind of a, the newlywed IQ, the mm -hmm. new, your, your, your newlywed quotient, like areas of improvement where they could improve, uh, in their communication or some books they should read based on mm -hmm. where you have an affiliate link based on, uh, uh, their responses in the newlywed card game or your new, the newlywed app. So, you know, test your newlywed quotient or now you're married. Well, you're married. What now stay with the app so that you're, you know, use the app so that your newlywed quotient stays as high as possible. And you do like maybe 20 questions a week. Uh, and you have to constantly add questions to the app so that, you know, you keep them engaged every week that everybody gets an email. Like, don't forget to check your newlywed quotient this week that you're on track and see which direction you're trending. And there's like 20 new questions from you. I think that's awesome because it gamifies it even more. Oh yeah. People will love it. They want to make mm -hmm. sure they're trending upwards. Yep. Yep. And then it's even kind of a funny story for them if they're trending downwards yeah. and like, but then the app gives them suggestions of what they could work on. Like, Oh, you know, maybe try cooking together because it doesn't seem like you like the same types of restaurants. So by cooking together, you'll figure out, uh, what you like. And here's, here's some interesting cookbooks with offbeat ideas. And then you have an affiliate link to Amazon. Uh, and, and I think, I think that's interesting. And I bet you there are no code ways to build apps like that. Yeah. So it's just basically questionnaire type apps with some conclusion at the end. I bet it's very cheap to make an app like that. I don't know. I don't know though. There are some sites out there. I have to look at the names of them where you can build apps without code. And I'm going to try, I'm going to try those out, even if it's just the basic beta version of it, just to sort of see if this is worthwhile to pursue. I love that idea because I think it makes it interesting. You know, my favorite game that you play is that game. Have you ever played that game where it's like a trivia game, but it's on your head and people have to read the question on your head and answer it? Oh, what's it called? Is that kind of like when you have someone's name on your head and they have to, you have to guess they have to say something as if you're in character and you have to guess who you are. Yeah. It's something like that, but it's so addicting and fun to play. It's called heads up and it's such a fun game like that. So I was thinking of like an aspect of this game where it's like that, where it's fun to play. It's different. Like it needs more is what I'm saying. And I feel 
good about trying something else with it. Cause I don't want to give up on the idea, but I just think it's a little too flat this way. So, so, uh, there's, I just Googled, uh, how to make a quiz app, uh, with no code. And there's like a billion different websites that, that will do this. Cool. Build custom quizzes with this app. And it's, it's Grumo is the company. And then here's another one, Crowdbotics. And here's another one, Jotform, how to make your own quiz app. Do I charge for the app or is it just something that comes with the perk of buying the game? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, uh, or, or is it just a separate thing? I don't know. I think it could go either way. Maybe the premium version of the app, uh, which tells you your, oh, I got an idea. You have the app for free. Okay. Forget about the card game for a second. You have the app for free, but the premium version tells you your newlywed quotient mm -hmm. and which direction you're trending and <laughs> compares you to other couples mm. in your area or in your age group yeah. or with like your demographics. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it doesn't tell you who they are, but like you're third in New York city yeah. in the newlywed quotient or you're third among, you know, people who went to college who live in New York city or whatever. So, I love that because the competitive couples would freak out over this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, they're going to be yelling at each other. We have to, <laughs> we have to be number one. Who, what couple is this that's beating us? And then you have, can have meetups of couples who are using the newlywed quiz app. <laughs> I love it. I think it's, um, it makes it addicting, right? Like that's an addicting aspect to it where people are like, we have to play tonight. We have to sort of get on this. I agree though. Like, first off, Look, obviously the, the best thing is if you put it on the Amazon store and everybody sees it and they all share it with their friends, like you gotta buy, this. this is so great. And everyone buys it. And within six months you have like $10 million from selling card games, but that's not likely to happen. Like it's really an iterative process where you, okay, we can, you can either iterate on the idea itself, like make different questions for the newlywed card game, or you can iterate by, uh, uh, you know, making you know, making it more, like we said before, more general for couples or more adult or whatever, or you can iterate by moving it instead of moving it vertically, like, oh, make a better and better card game. You can move it horizontally. Like, okay, now let's make it an app or let's make it a marketing tool for, uh, uh, uh something else I'm doing, or maybe it's really just, uh, a, a kind of show of proof that, uh, Hey, you can make a card game that looks nice and has sold some and you did a Kickstarter and you did the whole manufacturing process and you handled logistics. Now you could do it for other people. Mm -hmm. So you can go to, you know, a podcaster for instance, say, Hey, I can make a card game out of your podcast. Like everybody else does t-shirts as merch, but I'll make you a card game and, oh, you have 20,000 listeners a month. Some percentage of them is going to buy your card game and you're off to the races. And it's just a marketing tool for your podcast. That's a great idea. I think there's a lot of podcasts out there that would benefit from having a card game that they could easily sell. Yeah. So, so, you know, what you could do there is you could test it out also and say, put, put up an ad and maybe, maybe advertise in some Facebook groups that are focused on podcasts on Facebook. There's like a hundred or a thousand of them and you can make an ad that targets those groups. And you could say, you know, I don't know, the ad could be get, get rid of the t-shirts. Better merch is a card game yeah. for your podcast. Call me to discuss or email, you know, mm -hmm. podcast cards at podcastcards.com. 
and uh, you can at least have conversations with the first few people who respond and see what they want and try out different prices or, you know, it basically, it sounds like it costs roughly a thousand dollars to make a deck of cards. So you could say, look, I'll handle the Kickstarter for you. I'll handle the ordering, the buying, the make, you know, checking that everything's correct and stuff like that. And, and the logistics, I'll get you on Amazon and the whole cost is $1,500 or $2,000 or $1,000, whatever you think is like a good cost for you. And they have to pay, of course, to order and to set up the Kickstarter and all that, but your consulting service. Yep. No, I, I think that's great. I'm going to also post it as like, I'm going to do an ad and then I'll also do like LinkedIn posts and things like that to see if people want it too. But I think it's worth trying. I mean, I learned this process. I don't want it to go to waste. And it took me a couple of months to learn the process. And it's- Right. You have- you have a skill now and, and yeah. people want physical merch. So yep. even though you're saying like, oh, it might be better as an app, I wouldn't mind the, the a, a deck of cards for choose, you know, the choose yourself game, like something yes. like that. A skip the line card game. Yeah. Skip the line card game. Like, oh, you're in a job and yeah. you're in a job like XYZ and your boss is like ABC. What do you do? You do A, B yeah. or C? So, uh, you know, and then there's a skip the line quotient at the end or whatever. Yeah. Your SQ, your yeah. S- STLQ. So, uh, but, but yeah, I, I think it's really cool that you did it. Yeah. And, you know, we're all, we're, we all, you know, we, ha- we have a big intersection or overlap with the people I, we know, and they're all digital. <laughs> they're all doing digital things. Yeah. And it's really fun to make something that's physical and not just like a t shirt, but like a deck of cards is cool. Like, why tarot cards, for instance, are, in every, you know, some form of like predictive cards or in every society throughout history, because people just love cards for some reason. Yeah. And so here you've made now a deck of cards. I know it is cool. My goal is always to make a physical product. And I finally did. And I know a lot of people who still play games, like a lot of people I know still play physical games, which is sort of cool because there's so many games elsewhere. Yeah. And when did you say you got like the first deck or you put it on Amazon? I got it. I got it made in December and then I sold it all through myself December and January. And then my husband put it on Amazon because he, he promised he'd help with that. And so he did that in January, but it hasn't really sold very many on Amazon just because the searchability of it. Is oh yeah. You can't find it on Amazon. Yeah. It's impossible. So yeah. yeah so, okay. I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't even give up on it as is, but I would just keep thinking of more things. And also it's not like you've really rolled it out. Like, yeah, you've announced it and you told people to get it, but it's not like you've done a huge push for this, which is good because you're kind of figuring it out still yeah. what needs to be done. And, you know, you have sold out your inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if like, let's say you're doing this as a business now to make merch for podcasts. Um, and by the way, I'm just making up that niche, but there's other niches, obviously. But, uh, uh, you know, you've done every, you've done a proof of concept. Like you've done, it's not like, it's not like they're look, any podcast can make a card game and maybe it'll turn into a bestseller, but really they want it as marketing merchandise. Yeah. And so you've done a good enough proof of concept that you have the skills and you're qualified to do this for other people. Yeah. And, and I would break apart all the skills you've learned just to kind of show like, you know, so you raised money for it. You did a Kickstarter you, you know, dealt with supply, uh, a manufacturer in China, you dealt with logistics, you dealt with making it, putting it on Amazon. You've got some publicity for it. 
you sold out your inventory. So, you know, and, and essentially you more or less broke even on it, which if someone's using this for marketing purposes, that's what they could hope for. Yeah. And potentially it could turn into much more for them. Yeah. And then the other thing is now is thinking of this as an app or thinking of this now in an, you know, should you change it a little bit like couples for cards or whatever? I mean, cards for couples. Yeah. So, um, I keep saying couples for cards. Maybe that's the right name. I for know. It. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but again, you want to figure out what you could do without putting too much time in now, but so it seems like these no code, uh, places that that's another skill you're going to learn if you, if you do this as an app. I know. I always wanted to play with those too. So I'm excited about that. And I, I'm so grateful that I did this because I did learn so many things. I'm glad I know. And it's yeah, cool. Don't it's waste cool. that knowledge. Yeah. It's cool to hold something that you make. So many of us with newsletters and podcasts, it's like all in this outer space, but it's cool to hold something that you made. Yeah. Why do you think like when people write books, it's not like they're really happy when you know, oh, I've got this on my Kindle. Can you, you know, yeah. what do you think? Like, I'm really happy when someone shows me the book or when I get the first copy of the book that yeah. I wrote and yeah. I can hold it in my hand. So yeah. like I had one book come out that was just audible last year and sure that was great, but I've never now, I've never actually seen the book because it's just on audible. I don't it's even know if it still exa exists. I should look for it. Would you make it a physical book? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, for various reasons, we couldn't do that. Mm. It's like an audible original. Mm. Um, Oh, I even forgot the title. I just typed in the wrong title for it. See, that's how important it is to have a physical thing. Um, oh, and some other audio book has the title. Oh, no. So that's okay. Yeah. Some, somewhere on Audible, it exists. Oh, yeah, here we go. It's got one review. They told us it was a bestseller, but I guess maybe people don't review on Audible that it's, much. It's actually really hard to review on Audible. I tried to do it for a friend the other day. It's not as easy as Amazon or other podcast places. The one review says, love it. <laughs> That's it. Five stars. <laughs> uh, so, so, okay. And again, I don't think it's failed at all. It just, you know, this was just like inning one and maybe yeah. there's a few more innings before you, before you know, but I think it's really exciting that you did it. Oh, and by the way, then you, um, uh, did you, you advertised it a little bit, right? So you got familiar with Google ads for it. Yeah, I did some Google ads for it. I contacted local boutiques, which I've never had the courage to do. And some of them are considering it right now. I, you know, got with, oh, I emailed bridal boxes because bridal subscription boxes are huge. Like people will pay every month to get like a box of wedding stuff when they're a bride. So I emailed like five or even more than that actually and pitched them the newlywed card game. So that was last week and hopefully one of them will want to put that in their car in their box. So I'm hoping to go down the wholesale route now and get rid of even more that way. You, you know what you can do for that one is just give it you know, so this is one idea. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but give it to them for free, but you get the email address. And so this way when you have new card games and expansion packs and so on or an app you have the email addresses of people you could contact for the for the real upside. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, that's not a bad idea at all. I would definitely be open to that, especially if it was a big, big popular one where I know that they were going to generate a lot of interest. Yeah. So, okay. So that's the, the newlywed card game. And I'm really excited to get my deck. <laughs> uh, Robin and I will, will play it. And I think give you like any it. negative feedback we have. Yeah, but you also, I think both of you gave me some feedback on card ideas in a couple of podcasts we did earlier. So maybe you'll see some of your 
ideas in the deck. And I love how it looks from the photos. Like you really had a good designer for it. I found That's the other thing is you, you, you learned how to design a card game too. But I found the person on Fiverr and I paid nothing for the designer on Fiverr, which was, you know, perfect for a person who doesn't have a big budget to spend. Yeah, I, I, I love it. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to manage that those people who you find yeah. on Fiverr, yeah. like, because they're okay. from usually from different countries. That's why it's so cheap. Yeah. And you have to really kind of stay on top of them. A random idea is, you know, my friend and I were talking about this to create like a list of Fiverr recommendations for entrepreneurs because we'll swap like, hey, this person was great at Google ads or this person was great at this. Oh, yeah. Like just All like that. a random list like that. That's a great idea too for your odd jobs newsletter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, so actually, yeah. So that could be a, an addition of the newsletter. Like if you need to use Fiverr, you need to read this issue of the newsletter and then it's all your recommendations. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests. And having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business, and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes 
to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter, particularly as a potential employee, and I still, to this day, get messages every day. James Aldercher, would you like to apply to be VP of en Entertainment at NBC or whatever? So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So, okay, let's, let's talk about the newsletter because so, so the next thing on your list is the odd jobs newsletter. So this is a newsletter that you do, uh, every week, right. Of, uh, odd jobs. Like what are some sample titles? Like I have them all right here, but, um, for Valentine's day, I did people you can pay to like end your relationship. That was a fun one. Um, is that a real thing? Yeah. There's breakup. You can hire like breakup consultants. There's actually people you could hire to break up for you. That was a fast. I don't one. think I, I don't think I saw that one. Hold on. <laughs> I got to bring that one up. It's, um, when love ends, these people make money. So there's somebody who has like a breakup boot camp. There's the breakup shop that helps people end their relationship. There's a company that helps you get on with your life after you've been broken up with. There's a place you can go to sell your engagement ring. It's called I Do Now I Don't. Like there's so many interesting people who make money off of the failure of a relationship. So I see. So this like like the breakup shop is uh a newsletter and uh they have like a bunch of relationship experts. Uh I wonder if anybody will actually though make the call for you. Like, listen, you know, I'm calling on behalf of John. And he really doesn't want to see you anymore, but he's afraid to say anything. I wonder if anyone does that. I think I saw that either like they, someone tried it and it failed. Um, it, I see. Yeah, they, I think so. I think what happened was in 2015, the breakup shop was that they offered that service and I guess it didn't do so well. So now they just became a newsletter, but I just Googled it and they, they had that back in the day. I, I was thinking about the odd job newsletter. So first off, how, how's it going? Well, I think it has a really high open rate. Like it's between 37 and 40 open rate for That's each. huge. Yeah. Like so 15 to 20% is average for all newsletters. Yeah. So I feel like it gets a really good open rate and it's growing, but it's not like, you know, huge. It's still under 2K subscribers. I haven't really done like a ton of promotion in the last couple of months. I've just sort of like let it promote itself. And the way that people find it is cross-promotion in my newsletters, social media, getting link backs from all my CNBC and Business Insider articles. I That's where I get the most of my subscribers now are through CNBC and Business Insider articles. And do you write on LinkedIn? I do, but I haven't posted a lot of these on LinkedIn. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing is every now and then taking the newsletter and posting all of it on LinkedIn or posting all of it but maybe only one of the opportunities on LinkedIn and then for the rest, go to the newsletter, but always using the LinkedIn to, you know, cause LinkedIn's where everybody wants to find a job or make money or find a side hustle. So I would definitely use LinkedIn a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how ads do on LinkedIn. I, I tried them out for the newsletter and I 
didn't, it wasn't as good as Google ads were. Google ads were good. I got a lot of people through Google ads, but it just gets expensive after a while. So I could turn the Google ads back on. Um, how, how expensive was Google ads? Like what was the typical cost? I was spending $10 a day and leaving it on for like a month or two months. And I was getting a pretty good conversion from, from the ads. Okay, good. And, uh, uh, one thing I was thinking with the odd jobs newsletter was I think a lot of these are really interesting. Like this breakup one is super interesting and I would get, but so there's, so there's two ways to improve it. If you were to improve it, one is like, even on the breakup one, it's such an odd thing to start a business around like the breakup shop. I would try to interview somebody who's in the business of, of, you know, how do they get into the breakup business? <laughs> Like, or, or how, how did someone become a breakup coach and what are some of the weird experiences they've had? Because a, if you can interview them, then it gives a lot more insight into how somebody becomes a breakup coach. Mm -hmm. And also it's just an interesting story for people to read. Like people will, you want to give people more reasons to share the newsletter. Yeah. Do you think it should be audio interview, written interview or both? Uh, both. Or maybe like an audio interview and then, you know, like a five point summary of the things mm -hmm. you learn in the interview or, or just the transcript. I mean, Jay, how much does it cost to get a transcript? Can't you get one pretty much for free? Uh, well, uh, the, if you use auto.ai, it's pretty cheap. I think I pay a hundred bucks a year. So like, it's pretty cheap, and, but, and but it's not accurate at all. So like, you still have to go through and look at the, the, whatever the spelling or whatever they can't hear, right? Like. Every time I transcribe the James Artichoke show, it's James, I will touch her in the transcript. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> and, and Jay, how long does it take you to edit a transcript? Uh, I usually, if I'm not doing it for newsletter, if I'm just doing plainly for SEO, I don't really trans I don't really edit that much. I just change the person name. So I would make sure that get the person names, your names and the guest name right. Or some weird terms, I know they're going to get it wrong. You know, and I just put it for SEO. But yeah, you can, if you do like ref.com, it's a little bit more expensive because they use AI and then human. You can get it within a day. And it's very accurate. It's like 98 or 99% accuracy. Okay. So yeah, I would do, do one of those options. Like either have the transcript, just yeah. have audio or do a summary of uh, the interview. But I think people want to read a little bit more of a story. But, but that's just one way to improve. The other way to improve is, and I was thinking about your newsletter specifically, is that these are good like gig kind of side hustles, but it would be great to have more odd jobs that could turn into wealth or a real income. So for instance, like, and these are a little bit higher end above, you know, some of the jobs you have, but like someone who does copywriting. Um, so you find a copywriter who makes like half a million a year and you interview them about everything somebody needs to know to become a copywriter, like all the resources that are needed to become a copywriter and how much money you can expect to make and you know, how quick does it take and, and so on. Or, you know, affiliate marketing where you hook up two brands together and, and you take a piece of it when, when one brand sells the other brand, you know, items of the other brand and you take a piece of the affiliate fee and you know, there are people out there making a million a year doing that. And so there are a lot of jobs like that or careers like that, where 
they start off as side hustles, but then turn into something big, like someone who helps restaurants set up their Instagram accounts and, and, and make their Instagram accounts go viral. Like that's a whole business or someone who is like a manager for TikTok influencers. So he kind of sells the services or the page of TikTokers, uh, to, to people who want to, I don't know, make use of influencer marketing. So, uh, I just think there's like some higher end stuff where that people would share a lot more because there's real, like if someone's unemployed, but, or someone knows somebody who's unemployed and they get this newsletter and it's not just like, oh, you make a hundred dollars on a coaching session. This is something where you can make real wealth or, or a real income. They can forward it to their friend and their friend will start subscribing. You're right. I think I've been like shooting for like the weird little, like, you know, rent out your garage or kind of things, but you're right. Like people also want to know, like, how do people make millions of dollars as a podcaster? Or how do people actually make money as an author or a life coach? Or like these things that are like, they don't teach you how to do them in school, but people really make them into careers. So they're, they're odd. Right. And like, the thing is when you, when you live an odd, when you have an odd career path, your actual source of money becomes odd. So take, let's take as example, a friend of all of ours, I think John Lee Dumas, who's been on this podcast a bunch of times. And I've been on his podcast. He's got like the entrepreneurs podcast. I forgot, I forgot the actual, his group is like podcast paradise or something. Yeah. Podcasters paradise. Yeah. And he, so he has a great podcast. I have no idea how many downloads he gets, but podcaster paradise to join that is like either one or $2,000 and there's thousands of people in that. So he made millions of dollars after he set up that Facebook group or take Tony Robbins as an example, Tony Robbins, of course, makes a ton of money selling out his, you know, three day, you know, yeah. I forgot what they're called. The, his, 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 his workshops, his seminars. I've been, to, I've been to one of them. I, I don't even remember the name. Yeah. And it's, and, it's, and look, and, and there are thousands of dollars, I guess, and he makes a lot of money, yeah. but where he really makes money is that so many people know him yeah. and want his help with stuff. He gets equity in various businesses and those make a lot of money and he makes tens of millions from that. So yeah. I think he charges a million dollars a year to coach people too, which is fascinating. Yeah. And so, so again, like the ways in which people actually make their money mm -hmm. are, are much different than, you know, like for instance, even when you think of like billionaires, like, like take Peter Thiel, who was, you know, started PayPal and then sold it. You would think, oh, he made his billion from that. No, that was like the least thing he did in terms of making money. And he's, we, we probably have no idea what he's really made tens of billions on. Yeah. I mean, even Facebook, he quote unquote only made like a billion or so he sold out fairly early or a lot of his shares, but he made, he's made a lot of money on Palantir, mm -hmm. which many people don't even know he started. So, and now it's like worth a t a tens of, I don't know how much it's a public company. I have no idea what it's worth, but, uh, so you never really know like, uh, how people really make, made their money. And I think when you interview people, you'll, you'll find out like, oh, copywriting then led to this. Mm -hmm. And all it took was like one course that I sold and I made $10 million and everything else did nothing. You're so right. I love the quote of odd. If you have an odd career path, you have an odd source of income. I mean, I look at myself, I'm not a millionaire, but I have seven different ways I get paid every month that are so like unusual to the average person who has a full-time job. Yeah. Like after, like after, you know, obviously I sold a business that I went broke and then it took me like five years before I had another business that I sold. And that was me constantly working at building. But 
I wanted to really make sure I was safe no matter what. So I made money from nothing was killing it. Like I was selling books, doing public speaking, writing for several publications like the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Times, the Street.com, Yahoo Finance, Forbes, whatever. And and even writing books, like my first three books, and the first one was a bestseller for that category. I got an advance of $5,000, then $7,500, then $10,000 for my first three books. So I wasn't really making money from any, and I, you know, the street.com was paying me like $200 per article. So I wasn't making a lot of money from any one thing, but all six or seven things. And I was making like an income to survive and then try different startup ideas I had. And it took like, you know, 12 different startup ideas before something worked. That's so. literally my life right now. I feel like the ways I make money are so random like that through freelance writing, selling books, selling the card game through affi like affiliates and ads and through public speaking, through coaching, through so many different things that really don't have anything to do with what I want to do, which is all this stuff, you know? Well, well, and think about it. Like, I think that's a reason to be proud also because that's your business, right? So if you're an employee, someone pays you. Yeah. And, but when, when you're kind of thinking like a business, then you create things that people pay you for. Like you go out and find, oh, where can I write articles or where can I sell a card game or now I have to make a card game. So all these things added together have a PL. So you have mm -hmm. some expenses and you have revenues and then revenues minus expenses or profits. And then to find out how valuable your cash flow is, you take your earnings and roughly multiply them by 10 or 20. And that's what your quote unquote business is worth. And so you just want to keep increasing the value of your business, like Gen Inc, until finally you have a business that survives on its own and you, and you sell it like something that doesn't necessarily need Gen Inc. So, um, Gen Inc just creates it and then it builds its own value and it, and then you sell it. So, uh, so, okay. Yeah. So that's the odd jobs one, but I think, I think that one's worth if I were you, I would think about now how to make that a little bit more valuable to someone who wants to actually make a living and not just have a gig on Valentine's day. Yeah. So yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I haven't tried that route at all. And, 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 and even, and then like get in into the interviewing, you should upgrade that one to content that not only gives somebody like a side hustle or, or a gig, which, and those are great and those are interesting but add to the story component and ha offer the opportunity at least that people could really make a good income or even wealth from it. Yeah. Okay. I like and it that. doesn't, and you don't have to start off with that as like once a week, you just want one that's really great. Yeah. So people share it. Like you want to make sure you're making content that people share as opposed to just like, yeah. if they share it, that's almost as good as negative feedback. Like sharing is real feedback. I know. I know. And that's the most powerful way of making this grow too. And can you tell if people are signing up because they got a shared, uh, newsletter? Like if they're linking from the newsletter, can you see in your analytics? No, Substack is great for many things, but their analytics are pretty basic. You could only see, um, where they found it. You can see the traffic and you can see how many people subscribed, but you can't see anything more intense. Okay. I, I have an idea. Uh, you can have in the newsletter, um, like a promo code. And so if they sign up and then in their confirmation email, they send, you get all the confirmation emails, right? Mm -hmm. So in the confirmation email, if they get a promo, if they send a promo code, then, uh, you know, it's from the newsletter and they may, maybe they get some, some write up you did, or 
like uh, a collection of, you know, the absolute weird, the the twenty weirdest jobs you've seen in the past two years, or some some like special report or whatever. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah that's good. Okay, I feel like this could come back to life because I was like, how many times can I write about making money through surveys and through like pet sitting, you know? And and those are interesting too. Like it's really interesting to know that, oh, I could just sit at home and answer surveys and make, you know, $20 a day. Like those are interesting too. But now I want to know, well, how's this one person, you know, she quit her job as a lawyer last year and do, and she had nothing to do and now she's making 700000 a year copywriting. Like how does that happen? I feel like that's what people really want to know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think like I want to make this part of my my existing podcast too to cross remote to the audience. So couldn't some of these episodes just be on my regular podcast? Yeah, like absolutely. A, okay. Cool. Awesome. Okay. I feel much better. And how's your regular podcast doing? It's okay. It's It's in year four. I'd say growth is very slow. Again, everything I do is mediocre. So like, but growth is slow for like the whole podcast universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hit four but, years. I've never missed an episode every single week for four years. You know, it's interesting. This show, uh, the Tinder swindler that was on, I guess, Netflix last week or two weeks ago yeah. was so popular. And look, what's so popular right now in podcasts is true crime. Maybe you should find someone, some kind of like situation, marriage, mixed with crime somehow mm. like Ooh, uh, yeah 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 it just kind of some kind of like crime story on your podcast but that's just uh a side thing but um yeah so so i wouldn't give up on odd jobs at all that's uh you got two thousand subscribers mm -hmm. that's valuable and it's it's obviously grown since the last time we talked because i think you had just gotten past did you get past a thousand last time we spoke yeah so uh yeah, you're you're around a thousand. I think you're around a thousand then. So uh, I think I think. What do you feel like are are the two? Or so tell me everything now that you're working on. So there's the newlywed card game. There's the odd jobs newsletter. There's the first years of marriage newsletter, which you've had for forever. There's the be my billboard. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay, I thought about giving up on be my billboard. I know it was like a fan favorite idea, but I just sort of felt stuck with it. I have over a hundred people who are site members. I haven't sent them anything. I have piles of stuff to send them from my own merch, but I just wasn't Look, sure. I'm wearing my odd, I'm wearing my billboard oh my God. for odd jobs for odd people. Oh this is one of my favorite God. shirts. <laughs> I'm your, on the billboard for your odd jobs newsletter. I need to take a picture of this and post it on the <laughs> website. This is like golden. Yeah. So, oh my God. Well, I don't know what to, like, I, I've been unsure what to do with it. Um, okay. So right now, how many brands are signed up? Mostly just mine. Okay. And how, how many people you said are signed up? A little over a hundred. And how much time per week is it taking? Well, I haven't really done anything with it, but I need to send them the merch, write out instructions of what I want them to do with it. I'm going to need to mail it. I'm going to need to, like, I, I think that before I give up on the idea, I should at least like give the hundred people some stuff, but it's just a tough idea because, and I wrote some ideas of how to revive it, but you know, brands are going to want proof again. Right. And they're going to want to know that, and the people getting the merch have to sort of, that you can't guarantee they're going to give you any type of proof. Yeah. That's the, that's always been kind of the question. Um, 
I mean, there's ways to build it. Like, but one way to build it is to build up the odd jobs newsletter. And let's say that has 10,000 people. And let's say you get uh, some chunk of them to sign up for the be my billboard website. And then you go to some company that has multiple brands and you say, look, I have 10,000 people that could be human billboards for your brand. And I do, you know, and you could auction it off. Like or I, I send out merchandise to these 10,000 people once a quarter, mm -hmm. what are you willing to pay to, to, and you go to a bunch of brands like this and, and almost like do a reverse auction. Like, what are you willing to pay to, um, uh, or no, a real auction, not a reverse auction. What are you willing to pay to have these 10,000 people wear your merchandise? So there, there could be like small tweaks to the business model where maybe you focus on your newsletters first to get, and that's a great way to build up a list to get them to sign up to the uh, be my billboard. Yeah. But then again, like if I'm like, okay, let's say the brands will pay me $5,000. I can't, how do I guarantee that all these people are going to wear this stuff? Uh, you can't really, but you know, it, their merchandise has to be good also. And yeah. then, and you know, like let's take an extreme example. Procter and Gamble has like a thousand brands and they're a huge, you know, billions of dollar company. They'll, they'll risk, some money to try this out yeah. and maybe people have to take, uh, uh, have to do at least two Instagram posts or, you know, do a video and maybe they could get paid more or I don't know, maybe there's something there that we could see. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to give up on it. I was thinking about giving up on it, but I do think like there needs to be a point system that leads to rewards. And I think that will, you know, there's a hundred people on the site. I'd say probably, let's say like 25 are going to fill out the survey to actually receive stuff. And then of the 25, it can almost be a leaderboard of who did what. And then they'll be the ones that get the first dibs on what was sent sort of thing. And yeah. And, but here's what I would do first though. I would, I would build up one of these media things like a newsletter first. So you can easily, not easily, but you could direct traffic to be my billboard. So yeah. this way you don't have to advertise be my billboard. Yeah. Because like right now, how, how are people finding it? Through your podcast, through articles on CNBC and through me promoting it on all my other stuff. Yeah. So I love the idea and I, I wouldn't shut it down or anything, okay. but I would definitely, you want to, you want to have a, it's a chicken or the egg thing. Like what brands are going to use you when you have no humans yeah. and what humans are going to go on it when you have no brands, I would find a, a, a skip the line way would be to build a newsletter up big and then send all those people over to be my billboard. And then you, you go to the brands and say, look, I've got a hundred thousand people on be my billboard. Do you want to reach them? They're, they're, they're a loyal user base. Cause they're going to wear your clothes. It's not just like, they're going to try your product. They're going to wear, they're going to be a walking billboard for you. Yeah. So some brands will go for it when you have yeah. that many people. Uh, I, I would go for it if, if the price was right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to give up on it. I think there's yeah. still life. And I, you know, so I was feeling down on the idea and then I made an idealist of how I was going to revive it. And that sort of made me feel a spark of wanting to do it. So yeah. Keep, it, 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 the worst case is keep it on simmer. Yeah. And, uh, uh, let me see. So yeah, I like the idea of creating a point system or creating discussion boards around the brands. I also like the idea, like you said, one of your ideas is scrap the billboards and and get them to do TikToks or mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, I think that's possible. But I think first is you need users in order to get brands. 
and you need brand you need brands to get users so it's a, it's it's one of those things where if it doesn't happen organically then you, you know you could think of different ways to hit it now like uh okay let's let's focus on building up odd jobs or whatever and see what happens yeah okay and now let's go to the next thing you sold your first nft yes okay i remember like the last time we spoke the very last thing i said was I'm sort of into this whole NFT world. Well, I was, I dedicated myself to learning everything I could about it. And then I sold my first NFT based on Jen Glantz. So basically the NFT gave you access to a 60 minute coaching session with me. However, you don't have to redeem it. You can hold on to the NFT. And if I ever get famous, you can sell it for millions of dollars. So exactly. <laughs> I created the NFT. I talked about it on social media, put it in my newsletters. And within two days, a random person bought it. It and hasn't redeemed it yet. Wow, that's so interesting. And I'm clicking on that random person, and this is the only item this person has bought. It yeah. looks like they signed up just to buy this. Well, a lot of what I did to help sell this is I realized a huge portion of my audience, because I've, I've surveyed them, I'd say like 95%, do not know what an NFT is, have never bought one before. So I did a lot of education as to how I made the NFT and how you can buy it. So I think this person maybe learned how to do this from my instructions. Like I gave step-by-step -step instructions on how to buy an NFT. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so look, think about it again. The, these are the skills you learn. You learn what an NFT is, and most people don't even know what that is. You learn how to make one, you made one, and you sold it. And and in doing so, it gives you a story, mm -hmm. and it potentially makes you money. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's stopping you from do, selling more of those? Nothing. And <laughs> what I want to do next is figure out the next best route because I looked this up and there's not very many NFTs in the wedding space at all. There's one wedding cake shop that like barely did this. And there's like a diamond ring company that barely did it. So now I'm like, okay, what's the best next step? Do I make bridesmaid for hire NFTs where every NFT gives you access to things? And I even had someone on Fiverr design an example of what one of them could look like. You can create like a thousand at a time and put all a thousand up as a collection. Or do I do wedding NFTs for, you know, an NFT engaged collection, NFT honeymoon collection, NFT wedding registry. Like I sort of want to own this wedding space, but I'm not quite sure what the best next step is. Looking for a rewarding, life-changing opportunity that enhances the lives of children in your community? Well, with almost 50 years of experience, Huntington Learning Center is the nation's leading K-12 tutoring and test prep franchise, dedicated to shaping brighter futures for both students and franchisees. Huntington is the top revenue-producing supplemental education franchise in the U.S., and their proven system is the key to success for you and your students. The Huntington Advantage includes low startup cost, turnkey systems, dedicated support teams, national and local marketing support, and multiple revenue streams to help you build a life-enriching and profitable business. No education experience needed. In today's environment, the need for tutoring has never been greater. When you become part of Huntington Learning Center, you're filling an urgent need in the growing $5 billion supplemental education industry. To learn more, Visit HuntingtonFranchise.com. Make a meaningful difference. Pursue your dreams of business ownership 
and be a positive force in your community. Don't wait. Visit HuntingtonFranchise.com today. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely got to use HIMS from now Not on. Not that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might, you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMSS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash James. Could you imagine that? There's a whole section just with my name on it. HIMSS.com slash James. That's how I, how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs HIMSS. That's HIMSS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. HIMSS.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See HIMSS.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Now, how did you make this NFT? Did you go to OpenSea and, and made it there and you used their contract? Yeah, yeah. And then um, I see here on your section, um, to use this NFT, they have to send it to you so it's burned, so they can't resell it. Exactly. Uh, you, 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 one NFT is not going to generate like too many coaching sessions for you because somebody's selling it to the next person. If they choose to use it, it's burned and it's done. If they choose to sell it, then they never get to use it. So yeah, it's a one-time only kind of thing. Yeah, and let me ask you a question. Like, would a couple ever want to do an NFT of for their wedding? Meaning like, I mean, people aren't obviously going to buy an NFT in order to be invited to a wedding since nobody really wants to be invited to weddings anyway. <laughs> but is there anything that they can, like the whole idea of an NFT really at, at its core is that it provides access to something, mm -hmm. whether the access is a JPEG or a coaching session with you or the special part of a restaurant or tickets to a sports event, an NFT provides access. So what are the things in the wedding space that someone might want access to? So for instance, a, a, a bride who's going to get married soon might want like a bridal box of all the things she needs. And, uh, you know, and that you could just white label with some of these bridal box companies. Yeah. I, or like a honeymoon, like I had like, um, you know, we can do like NFT for honeymoons where all these different hotels and vacation packages come together and they offer these NFTs and then the couple can buy the NFT and if they choose to go on a different honeymoon, then they can sell that NFT or they can redeem it. So 
there's so many opportunities. Like the same thing with wedding registries. You can start like the first NFT wedding registry where people even put the different NFTs they want and their guests can buy them the NFT as a wedding gift. Cause like there's so many cool NFTs out there not wedding related that people might want to use in the future for things. Yeah, and so you could curate what those NFTs are, for instance. Exactly, and set up like a, a website for like, hey, Jen and Adam are getting married. Here's like the NFTs they want and the prices of them. And then guests can buy that as gifts. I wonder um, how many couples want an NFT as a wedding present. I not wonder if that's many. a thing yet. <laughs> not yeah. many. Like every time I pull my audience, most people are like, we don't care about NFTs, but that could change. And the second it changes, I could be that person. Yeah. And, but, but you know what people really want is like, they want a 60 minute coaching session with Jen Glantz, for instance. So, so I, I think again, like selling, there's the idea of selling NFTs is like collectibles, like, like you were just mentioning for the, for the wedding presents. But there's also, again, this, like you did creating an NFT that provides access. Yeah. And I wonder if you could do more of those, uh, or going meta one more time, you, you, you just told me two things. One is most people don't even know what an NFT is. Two, you made one, you know, built it, sold it, uh, and you know, it, you've been through the whole process. So again, now this is a service you can offer. Yeah. And uh, I wonder, you know, uh, it would be good to to be able to market that skill because again. Like very few, not only do very few people even know what an NFT is, one less than one percent of the people who know what an NFT is have made an NFT. Yeah. And yet everybody wants to. Everybody's reading the articles every day. Oh, like this Indonesian dishwasher made a million dollars in a week selling JPEGs of the, a photo they take of themselves every night. Yeah. And you know, so everyone's curious and wants to figure out like how to create an NFT and make some money. And maybe uh, this is a service you could offer, for instance, again, subscribers to your odd jobs newsletter. Like, oh, wanna add an NFT to your business? Have a coaching, a free coaching session with Jen and learn what an NFT is and uh, uh, how to make one. But then you offer, you'll do the whole process for them for like X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that honestly, I have friends that work at like really big companies and they know that I know NFTs. I've been consulting with them for free so that they can take that information and bring it to their bosses because every company is trying to get into the NFT space. But even though you think like most couples don't care about NFTs right now, do you think that's a reason not to pursue it for the wedding industry or should I still pursue it in hopes that they, they will care? I think you could pursue it though, but with NFTs that provide access to something yeah. like, like a bridal box, not just a digital thing, but yeah. cause I'm unsure people want a digital thing unless it's like, oh, they get an avatar of themselves mm -hmm. for some metaverse. But, uh, uh, I think better to provide that the NFT provides access to some real thing. Yeah. And I wonder if it can provide access to some real thing that could be resold. So, or, or someone can, a couple, a, a newlywed couple or a couple about to get married could say, hey, here's, you know, an NFT designed by so-and-so and, you know, selling out this collection will help us on the way towards buying our first house. Yeah. And so then, then, then it could be a neat JPEG that somehow they designed or paid to have designed. And uh, maybe it provides access to something, but maybe not. And just mm -hmm. people buy that in, instead of a wedding gift because it helps them.
on their way to, you know, it's odd for people to just give money at a wedding, I think, or I guess it's not so odd, but people like to think of buying gifts, but this is a legit gift, but it's also a way of mm. uh, giving them money. Such a good idea. Cause the best thing people have on their registries is like a money fund where you can just put money in the fund for them. But this is a cool way where like, Hey, buy the NFT. It supports our future house. And you get this cool little JPEG of. Yeah. Or, or yeah, or something like you'd have yeah. to kind of brainstorm and think what, what that something is. It could yeah. be a neat little JPEG, like, you know, a picture of them and, you know, or, or, um, yeah, I, uh, I'd have to think what, what the couple could offer, but again, they don't have to offer if, if previously they were asking for a money fund, this is just a, this is just better than a money fund because also now what, how, why would it increase in value? Well, if the artist increased in value, it would increase in value. Uh, yeah. you'd have to, I, I would want to think of a way that this could be resold so they could continue to make money, but it's, it, it only gets resold if either the, the artist is great or if for instance, that couple becomes yeah. a famous yeah. couple or whatever, yeah. or, uh, if it provides access, ongoing access to something that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so it depends maybe, um, but maybe that's something, uh, again, what you offer is you offer consulting service and then the execution service, you'll make the NFT and handle all of that, but you could brainstorm with each couple. What do they have access to that they could offer? Yeah. So like if one part of the couple owns a restaurant, mm -hmm. he could say like, oh, you get the special menu anytime you come to the restaurant and, uh, you know, not, again, not every couple owns a restaurant, yeah. but uh, each couple has something. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. I think there's something to it. I haven't found anyone working this space. And I I think that more people will understand NFTs soon and it could be something. Yeah. Like you could imagine like in a wedding magazine, you know, make an NFT out of your wedding. Yeah. People are going to at least, you know, email to find out details. Yeah. Because it's kind of a cool thing, but what does it mean? I'm going to pitch that. I'm going to pitch that everywhere because I want to talk about this topic. I I think like if someone said to me, Jen, I'm getting married, give me 10 ideas of how I can incorporate NFTs. I would love to give them 10 ideas about NFTs and their wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And like the basic one is it just simply replaces the money fund yeah. and it's better because yeah. there might be value here. But, but the funny the, one is like you get access to like a Friday night date night with us twice a year or something, you know, yeah. like things like that. Yeah. Whoever has the NFT. Yeah. So again, if they become like, if, 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 if the woman becomes like a, a lawyer at the, the best law firm in the world and I'm getting sued, but I could buy the NFT to have a <laughs> double date with my wife and, and her and her husband. And, but I, then I'll get asked for free legal advice. There you go. I, so, that's, that is what I think is going to become normal. And that's cool. Cause everyone would want that. Even if it's a stranger, it's something interesting to have. Like my collection is, Oh, I have a lawyer on call. I have this, I have this. And like, you know, what I did with my coaching session was I priced it way lower than my usual coaching session as a way of getting people interested in NFTs. And that's why I think it's sold too, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting too. Like imagine, I like what you just said, like, oh, you get a, a two Friday night double dates with the couple if you buy this NFT. What if there was like a whole, and, and this is more complicated than you want to do, but what if a lot of people did that? So let's say I'm moving to a new city like Kansas City. 
I can look up all the couples that have offered NFT to do double date. And I can say, oh, I don't want to be friends with them, but I'd like to meet these people. And it's like a good way when someone's moving into a new city to see all the, you know, double date NFTs to see, oh, maybe I could start off with a, a group of friends that I meet this way. I'll just buy all these NFTs. And now these are the people who have to hang out with me twice a year. Well, it's like buying a friend through NFTs. Yeah. Like, yeah you know, and like you, you might meet them and decide, Hey, these are cool people. And I never would have met them otherwise. Or you might decide not to meet them and then sell the NFT. <laughs> exactly. Like to somebody else who wants to meet people in Kansas. So right. I already met these people. Now somebody else could meet them. Right. So, uh, and again, as they get bigger in their lives and, and so on, then the NFT to hang out with them, you know, they're going to have to buy them all back if they want to start, you know, stop people from selling them and reselling them. Right. Which I think is so funny. I, I think there's such a path to NFTs that more of the normal kind of person is going to get behind. And this is like a fun way of thinking about it. Yeah. Like I, uh, I, I, I like this. And, and again, thinking of NFTs in terms of access is the way to think about it. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that can be pretty powerful. So, and again, it not only did not for you again there's always two paths there's you sell nfts but there's also now you offer a service that can help other people particularly in the wedding space yeah. sell nfts yeah uh so i think that's interesting so okay let's just summarize for a second uh cuz you know we have the we have the newlywed card game and that one there was like two different directions to go one is uh, kind of ex expansion pack or maybe change the title to be, to handle all, uh, couples. And then maybe another direction was, uh, adult content. But then the other direction is again, using the skill to make and finding a niche where you can make merchandise of a card game. Mm -hmm. I would definitely want to make the choose yourself card game or skip the line card game or whatever, or the James Altucher show card game. And, and I don't even know what that is. So I would need like help. And that's a service you could provide. And it seems like merchandise that would be cool as opposed to like just a t-shirt. Yeah. No one really wants to buy a t-shirt of the James Altucher show, but they might <laughs> want to buy, oh, we're going to have a card game that contains stuff about Richard Branson, Sarah yeah. Blakely, choosing yeah. yourself, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then, oh, oh, and the other thing we were thinking with the newlywed card game was the app yeah. idea yeah. using a no code thing. Yeah. And then having some kind of social aspect to it, like the newlywed quotient and how you stack up with other people on the app or, or other people in your area and, and so on. Uh, and then we were talking about the odd jobs newsletter, maybe kind of almost, I hate to use the word upgrade, but maybe, you know, telling more stories or, or making them higher, like, like not just gigs, but career paths that could create like unusual career paths that could create wealth. Uh, and then there's the be my billboard where we think let's just let's build up one of the media content so it's easier to get users. now that you built the platform that's great mm -hmm. now you just need users for it and the best way to get users for it is for you to have more users for other and your other stuff and then i think the nft thing is 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 really great i think that almost deserves its own whole session here mm -hmm. to, to brainstorm what to do but i think all of your ideas are, are good I, how how long did it take you from beginning to end to mint and sell? Two days. Two days. So look, that's great. I would, by the way, sell more and and try to up the price. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I mean, it's cool because well, also like with the price of Ethereum, 
it goes up and down. So they bought it for like 0.01 ETH, but maybe tomorrow that's worth way more, you know? Why, why don't you do like the newlywed card game NFT? Like take some of the questions of the, on the cards, sell each one of them as the NFTs. And if they buy the NFT, they get the card game sent yeah, to them. Yeah, I'm going to try that. And then sell sell for, um, you know, maybe 0.05 ETH. Yeah. So like whatever that is, $140 right now. Yeah. That's a good now it's the best time to sell because the uh, gas fee is so low right now. Well, that was the problem is I didn't make any money on my NFT because of the the gas fees and stuff like that. But you live and you learn. And now I know these things. Uh, what are gas fees right now, Jay? Uh, I think it's about 50. The last I checked, it's about 50 gray. So like if you do uh, transactions on uh, any swap or whatever, it's probably like $20, $30. All right. So how's everything else going? How's How's Adam doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, we've been here in Brooklyn and yeah, I mean, nothing really crazy to report. Just been working on so many things. I'm, you know, it's so crazy as I'm redoing my bridesmaid website, my bridesmaid for hire website and my designers based in the Ukraine and oh my God. sort of put everything on hold because of what's going on. So yeah, but how's the designer? Where are they? Where are they right now? She's closer I think to like the Poland side. So I think she's okay, but some of her team is really where the action is, but um. Yeah, like it was just such a crazy situation for her. But yeah, we've been before that happened, we were making waves on a new website for Bridesmaid for Hire, which really needs an upgrade. So And are people calling you for Bridesmaid for Hire? They are a little bit here and there. My biggest seller right now is the Maid of Honor speech writing. That is like the hottest package. I think I book like six to eight a month. And that's around like $375 each. And that's like a big money maker right now. So, so someone who's spending three hundred seventy-five for that, uh, what are they like? What kind of people are spending three hundred seventy-five for that? They're busy. They or they don't. They're not writers, or they feel the pressure to make a really good speech, but they don't know how, or they just don't want to do it. It's all different types of people. I mean, you have the people who have like they're lawyers, they're doctors, they don't have time, and then there's the people who really can't afford it, but they're like, I need to have a good speech. And. I wonder how how did you determine three hundred seventy five dollars? I feel like I I made it up, and then it seems to be a decent price point because people book it. I'm scared to raise the price. I probably should because it's like I do a lot of work for it, you know. But I'm scared how, if I raise the price, I'm going to lose business. How how do people find you? My website, Google search. I think if you search like Maid of Honor speechwriter, hire a Maid of Honor speechwriter. I'm I'm pretty top. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. Like, uh, what if you charged a thousand dollars? Because how many have you written now? Probably close to two hundred. Yeah, yeah. So you've you've done quite a few of these. Yeah. And you have a lot of experience as to what works. And what's the benefits to them of making a good uh, maid of honor speech? They don't embarrass themselves. They're confident when they're giving it. It's like the best gift you can give to your friend. Uh. Yeah. So it's, so yeah. So it's like a gift. It's like the last gift you give to your friend yeah. as a single person. Yeah. And you know, and there's all sorts of types of maid of honor speeches. It's like, you could talk about, you know, how you met the bride and what you think of her. You could talk about what you think of the guy. And mm -hmm. I guess there's all sorts of different types, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Why don't the next person who calls you, why don't you see if you could charge a thousand dollars or $900 just to see. And if they say, oh, I was hoping to spend more like 375, you could say, okay, I'll do it for that. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Why not? And, and, 
And, or the other thing is you could tie it to the NFTs. Like you could say, listen, if you buy the NFT, you could turn it in for uh, a, a maid of honor speech. Mm -hmm. And so the NFT you could sell for $1,200 and include also like, you know, a whole maid of honor package where uh, you get, they get the speech and they get um, suggestions of, of what other, of how to make the whole maid of honor process easier mm -hmm. for everybody, including the bride. And so there could be a whole maid of honor package that's $1,200 and it solves all of their problems as maids of honor. You know, I'm thinking of this and I think like for my audience, I need to record a free course or a free series on exactly how to buy an NFT so that it's not a roadblock for people. You know, like I want to record like a whole Loom video of like, here's exactly what you do so that pe anyone can go on and buy this. Yeah, that's a great idea. And maybe, maybe CNBC would even mm -hmm. do a story on it or like, you know, NFTs for brides and like, and they do a whole story around it plus that video. Yeah. So I think you have a lot of exciting things going on. I mean, are there other things that you're thinking about? Like, hmm, I wish I had time to do this. I have so many things I've been putting off. Like, I wish I had time. I'm putting off, like, procrastinating writing a book. I'm working really hard on trying to sell a TV show, like, either the reality route or the scripted route. So I'm going really hard in both those directions. And, and like, who are you pitching for the TV show? The problem with TV shows is they don't really make that much money. No. But they get you your name out there. Like particularly yeah. like a reality show will get your name out there a lot and maybe eventually it makes money, but it's more like you make money when your name's really out there. Yeah, the uh, truth is like I just don't want someone to steal it before me. Like I don't want someone to because they could. Anyone can make a bridesmaid for hire TV show. So I want it to be mine. So that's why I'm like trying hard to get someone to option my book to become a TV show. I'm trying really hard to just pitch the reality show just in case someone will do it. But it's, I mean, it's like an endless process of maybes, which is very frustrating. So I have, I have another, uh, I have another idea for you for what kind of book do you want to write? Non, I, I want to write nonfiction about really like, you know, all my books are about my relationship so far. So I want to finish my book about being finally the bride. And I do want to write a book about the first year of marriage just because I feel like it goes in my series. So, so I have one idea that's not either of those, but it will make your life easier to write a book. And then, and then you could do one of those. So write a book called You're Not Getting Any Younger, which is the name of your podcast, right? And take 20 of your episodes and get the transcripts and staple them together. And that's your first draft. And then edit them until you have something that looks like a book. Like you have chapters, like these are great chapters for a book. Uh, seeing people from your past, uh, 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 you know, how to get the star spark back in your life and love, uh, five ways to treat yourself like a business. Like most people treat themselves like crap and you're saying, treat yourself like a business. <laughs> so whoever you interview on these, you know, or, or even if it's just not an yeah. interview, you just to get the transcripts, put it all together, have it in, print it up and have it in your hand. And then, so it feels like a rough draft of a book and then edit it down to a book. I'm going to try it. Cause like Jay, how long, how many pages is a, a one hour transcript roughly? It's like 60 pages. I can tell you right now, actually, uh, give me two seconds. One hour transcript. It's not, I don't think it's a uh, 60, 60 pages. Let me, let me, one, double space. Uh, what is double space? Uh, 
when there's a space in between the lines. Okay, I know why it's a double space. <laughs> Give me two seconds. Uh, let me see. I'm actually looking at it right now. Had a breakup with 2021. I mean, you have to break up with 2022 first. Yeah, had a breakup with 20. Had a breakup with the, the year on New Year's Eve. How to get the spark back in your love life. Stop ignoring your purpose. What to do with ordinary days. Seeing people from your past or see, even more seeing like ex-loves from your past. Mm -hmm. And then you could throw in some of these like odd jobs ones as well. Mm. For an hour is about 30 pages. Yeah, okay. So you have 10 podcasts that you pick out that are around, let's say the topic of marriage or dating or relationships or love or whatever. And it's, you're not getting any younger. And so it's, so it's marketing for your podcast and it's 300 pages, the, the transcripts. And then when you edit them and you write intros and outros, it might, it'll still be around 300 pages. And that's a book. Are you going to, I, I, my fear is who's going to, how am I going to sell this? Okay. So then the question is, do you sell it to a publisher or do you self-publish? Well, if you self-publish, again, it's just another branch to get the word out. Uh, like your podcast supports the book. The book supports the podcast. And if it's a great book, people will share it and it'll sell on its own. Or it just is a marketing thing. Like now you've written two books and you'll meet new people who have read this and get exposed to you through, through the book. It doesn't take that much time. Like Jay and I did this process for Think Like a Billionaire where I took 10 interviews with billionaires and people have read it. Like it's not my best selling book ever, but people have read it and it's just another book that I've done. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it. Why not? And how, Jay, how long did it, the process take us? Uh, I'm only... Because the audio book, the audio book yeah. is the, is the, the are podcast. the podcast episodes. And maybe you provide a little audio intro for each chapter. Yeah. So like we didn't, we didn't edit the podcast at all. We just do the intro and outro and put it together and that's it. Right. So the audio book is just like 10 of your podcasts pasted together with, with some intros from you. Yeah. So that part's yeah. easy. The transcripts are pretty easy. That doesn't take any work putting them all together in a one document is not that hard. And then you just have to, you have to edit it and, and maybe you have to write like a little intro to each chapter. Um, and those shouldn't be hard at all. Yeah. Intro and outro. Basically within a, within, if this was all you were doing, it would take like about a week to produce a book. If it's not all you're doing, it'll take like a couple of weeks to produce a book. And again, it's just to kind of get another book out there yeah. so that if it does sell really well, then you could go to uh, an agent or publisher and say, look, I have this book, which, you know, I didn't do anything and it sold, you know, this many copies. So now you should give me an advance for my next one. Yeah. No, I need to, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to listen to every single thing you said because I needed, it's been a couple months. I feel like I needed this kick in that, butt. so I'm going to literally, I go through all of my notes and do every single thing you said. And everything that feels like, oh, that might be too much work right now. Either you're right. And maybe you shouldn't do that if you have that like gut feeling or you're wrong. <laughs> And maybe there is a way to do it faster than you think. Yeah. And you should do it just because it's doable. Yeah. And I'm also going to hire people on Fiverr to help with some of these things that are just, you know, like like um, editing the transcription, things like that, things that are just easy to outsource. Yeah. I mean, that's how I do a lot of stuff. And some things work out, some things don't. Uh, and I'm like all the things I'm suggesting to you, I'm sort of trying to do on my own as well. And, you know, it, since the last time we spoke, we launched the whole website, this notepad. Yeah, which, uh, is dot awesome, com. which is so awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Like no matter what, it helps people and there's greater and greater content on it. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. 
and look, anybody who gets in early in a new mm -hmm. kind of social media like this could get a lot of followers or it just becomes a site with a lot of great content to read. You know, my favorite part of the the note PD is the one where it's like, if you need a prompt, because sometimes you go on there and you're like, I don't know what my list should be. So I always click need a prompt and then I don't use those, but it sparks an idea. So that's like an awesome thing for people who want to do this, but don't know what to start with. Yeah. And, um, a lot of these prompts on the site, we generated through AI. Like we fed an AI engine, you know, 20 prompts to start with. And it came back with like a hundred more prompts. Oh, I've, I don't know if you guys have been using copy.ai, but it's mind blowing. Oh, we haven't been using it. No. I used it for like writing, I think ad copy or some other stuff. It's so good. Like, and you just put in whatever, and then you can choose the personality that you want of the voice and it spits out like the best copy in the world. It's, pre it's pretty good. Like you have to edit it a little bit, but I found it to be really useful. And there's like, I use the free version of it, but it's really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to check James, it out. I think, I think James would check it out before. I did. We're talking about AI with Paolo, remember? Oh, possibly, yeah. But I don't think yeah. I've ever used it though. No, no, you didn't use it. You just try it out. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, great. So, Jen, uh, we should catch up more often. I always yes. have a fun time whenever we catch up, and you're a favorite on the podcast. Everybody likes hearing your updates, and Thank people you. should check out all. You put out more NFTs so people <laughs> could uh, buy Jen Glantz, uh NFTs, or Thank you know, you. maybe like an odd job NFT. If you buy it, you have access to what the odd job is, like a complete rundown of how to yeah. make money on uh, uh, because of breakups. And you have to buy the NFT, though, to get access to that. Yeah. So maybe that's how you could even structure your newsletter is that all the premium content is protected by NFTs. Mm, I love that. I love it. Anything NFT-wise, I'm all about. Yeah, I think NFTs, at first I was skeptical because... Oh, is this just, I could, I don't need to buy a JPEG. I could just cut and paste and steal the JPEG. Yeah. But when it provides access, there's, there's actual, I think NFTs are going to be huge because there's so many things that you want to kind of block access to, but you want to have a blockchain style, um, protection of that access. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It'll, I, I always say it's either going to be the next best thing or it's going to be a complete joke. But who knows, you know? And if that's a situation, I feel like you have to lean into the next best thing. Well, I think no matter what, for ticketing, for like tickets to big venues or mm -hmm. sports events or music events or whatever, NFTs are going to yeah. replace tickets because uh, venues have no way to get make money from scalpers. But if everything is NFT driven, then the venue makes money every time an NFT is resold or yep. a ticket's resold. Yep. I also think for authors too, it's like a great way of selling books or selling access to like early perks of the books and stuff like that. If you're an author, I think it's like brilliant for you. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a Kickstarter. It's like a decentralized Kickstarter in that sense. Yep. Yep. So you could, you could sell your next card game through NFTs. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was so nervous to talk to you. I felt like such a failure, but you always make me feel tremendously better. <laughs> so thank you. Look, I feel like a failure most of every day. And it's a, it's a battle to make sure, uh, for me to make sure I'm optimistic, not like blindly optimistic where I feel like I don't have to do any work to succeed, but optimistic enough to continue all the things I'm working on because you just, there's so many instances where, you know, again, like you take the story of Twitter, you know, Twitter, which I guess they started, Ev Williams started in 2005 or 2006. He, it was originally a podcast platform for, it was like a whole, I don't know, podcast in a box sort of software yeah. before podcasts even existed. So he really was forward thinking, but there was just no customers for it. So 
Jack Dorsey was an employee and he, he made this thing where people could send SMS messages to each other over through the World Wide Web and that became Twitter. And so he just completely turned the business into that. And all the people who invested in his podcast platform wanted their money back. So he gave them their money back and that's why he became a billionaire is because then Twitter uh, became huge. Obviously. Just ne you never know. You you give me hope because I do feel like I'm doing a million things at once. But again, you never know which one's going to pop at any moment. Yeah. And, and you could stop anything you don't enjoy doing, but yeah. it's not like the NFT stuff sounds like you would enjoy. And it's so cool that you made the card game. It's worth mm -hmm. following the different ways. Like do you go meta on it and offer the service? Do you make more of the card games? Like you could go both routes. Yeah. And same with the odd jobs newsletter. It's, it's, it's worth, you have an audience so that that's reading your writing every week. So it's worth, uh, you have a great open rate. So, you know, the content's interesting and now see what happens when you even take it a step further. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was so awesome. No, th thank you. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll update soon. Awesome. I'm looking forward to hearing the next update. Yes. I can't wait.